Welcome to the Michael Teo Football Show. My name is Miles. It was really cool to see the city of Pittsburgh in a moment to show their appreciation for Big Ben as he came off the field for what is surely the final time. The towel's going. I'm not a fan of Big Ben, I mean, necessarily, but I love NFL history and appreciate his his great years and time with Pittsburgh. You know, that final play, that was cool. It just made for, made for TV. You know, we get the cinematic mode of Ben. The cameraman just walks onto the middle of the field, and it's circling him, and the terrible towels are in the background, and a blurry Najee Harris celebrating his 37-yard touchdown run <laughs> in the background. But it was cool. It was, it was uh, Big Ben's night. It was a Steelers night. The Browns were eliminated from the playoffs yesterday, so... I thought that meant that they would actually play well because now that nothing matters, but man, Baker Mayfield looks terrible. And if he's hurt, why is he doing this? He's losing himself millions of dollars. I, I just don't get it. I'm, I'm assuming he will play on the fifth year option and, and uh, cause he won't certainly get any extension. The contract talk will, we'll definitely get into that uh, through the off season. But I mean, the Browns felt impotent, I mean, despite the offensive line, despite Nick Chubb, who is one of the best running backs in the league, because Baker Mayfield just misses throws and the team commits penalties. And I mean, they had this crucial drive middle of fourth when they were down 16-7. They go backwards to fourth and 31. There was never any. I never thought that they were going to do anything like there was just no hint of a threat. Um, You know, but I don't know why I'm focusing so much on the Browns. It's the Steelers night. The Monday Night Football Steelers Big Ben final game in Pittsburgh has one more game. Um, you know, Najee Harris had a great day, 28 attempts for 188 yards. One thing you got to love about Mike Tomlin is his insistence on a one running back system, be that Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams, James Conner. Now it's Najee Harris. Um, Big Ben didn't have a great passing day either at 46 pass attempts for 123 yards i mean jeez uh you know it was the run games that uh you know not a great game from big ben not a great game from baker but Najee and chubb were fun to watch a lot of good stiff arms in this game two good stiff arms one from Najee, one from chubb and there was another one from Najee, uh or, or i'm sorry another one from maybe it was Najee. it was kind of on a on a lesser play um but yeah, good stiff arms. I was on pins and needles about if Big Ben would uh, pass Marino on the career passing touchdowns list. You know, he needed four touchdowns, so it was a it was a long shot. He got one, uh, so he is now three touchdowns behind Dan Marino on the all time passing touchdowns career leaderboards. He got to four seventeen. Marino's at four twenty. I guess I don't know. I my point. I didn't really know what I was rooting for until the game happened. I'm really rooting for Ben not to pass Marino. You know, I remember when Favre passed Marino, you know, it just felt momentous. I forgot to to mention on the last podcast, but Rodgers was there. <laughs> he was the backup just watching Brett Favre do this. 
and many, many inferior quarterbacks are going to pass the 420 touchdown mark and pass up Dan Marino because of the difference in eras, you know, the passing rules, uh, just that benefit so much more production through the air. But, you know, Marino, will he'll always have the context credit as an outlier, but it's still nice to see as many people not pass him as possible. So I'm rooting for Ben not to get three touchdowns next week. You know, and another thing, I was watching the Manning cast, which I don't always do, but this game was so boring because Baker Mayfield was no threat at all. Um, Watching the Manning cast, and I, you know, I'm Mister History. I'm Mister NFL History. Uh, you know, the whole motto of this show is to talk about with a re- talk about the ups and downs of a season with a reverence for NFL history. And I never once connected in my mind that the current Steelers running back, last name of Harris, has already happened. The Steelers had Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer Franco Harris. Now they have Najee Harris. Another Harris running back. And you know how I realized it? Watching the Manning cast, Snoop Dogg said it. Snoop Dogg said it. He said, Najee Harris starting to remind me of Franco Harris. And I was like, how did I not get this? You know, if the Cowboys get a running back named Smith or the Lions get a running back named Sanders or Rams get a Dickerson or Bears get a Peyton, I will alert you all immediately. I'll be more aware of this. I was like, Snoop Dogg was a delight on the Manning cast. I did not know he was such a big 70s Steelers fan. I mean, we're here in 2017, uh, I'm sorry, week 17, 2021 Monday Night Football. We got Snoop Dogg talking to Peyton and Eli about Lambert and, and Jack Ham, <laughs> Mel Blunt. It was just fan- Stallworth, a Stallworth call out, Stallworth and Swan call out. Just fantastic. Oh, man. And this uh, this game goes to the Steelers and brings about a potential Week 18 scenario that um, I'm really interested to see what will happen. The Steelers win if they win next week and the Jaguars beat the Colts. So unlikely. Uh, but the Steelers could beat the Ravens. That's realistic. And if the Jaguars somehow upset the Colts insanely, I don't know exactly how that would happen. Then the Raiders Chargers game on Sunday night would be a win and end game unless both teams tie. So if they tie, both the Raiders and the Chargers would make the playoffs. What would they do in that case? Could the Raiders and the Chargers just come to midfield and say, hey, kneel downs the whole game, and then we both go to the playoffs? Because not only do they they um, get into the playoffs, they also get a kind of a, a quasi-bye week. I just really wonder what would happen. And that scenario is still alive. Are they going to play for honor? Or are they going to take a free bye week? Remember we had shenanigans last year at the end when uh, when the Eagles took out took out Wentz. They took out Hurts because Hurts was doing too good and they, they just needed to lose the game to get their draft capital better. Uh, who knows? Who knows what will happen? All right. Munkle Teal Football Show, episode 42. And the, the show is Football Everything. NFL history, legacy, memes, <laughs> uh, the ups and downs of a season, sprinklings of fantasy football. Follow us at MUK underscore football on Twitter at MUK underscore football. And subscribe, share, review on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. We have shows Monday on Monday Night Football, Thursday after Thursday Night Football, though Thursday Night Football is done. So we'll be converting to a playoff 
uh, uh, schedule in which I'll be doing Sunday night after the wild card round, after the divisional card round for the reviews, and then we'll put up uh, we'll put up previews on Thursday. Um, and I also did a, a John Madden tribute last week. Go check that out. John Madden, the broadcaster. Uh, I just I watched five of his telecasts, you know, over the course of his career and just trying to find the little things that made him great. Um, you know, not not the not the bits, not the not the comedy pieces, but just the, the million little things he would do in between that just uh, showed his authenticity and his entertainment instincts and his education and instincts. So uh, I loved John Madden and I hope that that was a, a good tribute to him. All right, today's lead story, checking on the MVP, Brady versus Rodgers. Old quarterbacks abound. There's there's a dark horse Joe Burrow situation because he threw for 1,000 yards in two games. We'll talk about him in the, in the winners of the day, almost 1,000 yards in two games. Um, but it's pretty much Aaron Rodgers is a favorite. Tom Brady's a second favorite. I, I come down hard on the side of Tom Brady, but it feels like things are leaning Rodgers. And the media, you know, what's the... As the MVP voters get their their fresh squeezed orange juice and their their white linen robes, and they wait for their great grandchildren on their to FaceTime them on their iPad, um, and they they ask what who's doing good this year, and then they vote for MVP. Uh, they're they're leaning Rogers because that's just how the narrative has has come about. But I just I really don't get how it's not Tom Brady. I mean, at 44 years old, Tom Brady has 4,990 yards. So this is a regular season. We got one more game next week, which is going to throw everything off, and I hate it. But in 16 games, he's got almost 5,000 yards, 4,990 yards, which, by the way, is 13th all time. He's got the 13th most passing yards all time this year. This year. And he's got a 40... 40 touchdowns. 40 touchdowns just don't come on out of nowhere. This is the 17th time in NFL history a quarterback has thrown for 40 touchdowns. No one cares. No one cares. Rodgers got a thousand less yards, five less touchdowns in only one less game. And we're all glowing over Joe Burrow. Brady's got 400 more yards in Burrow, six more touchdowns in Burrow. I mean, I, I, and just the other thing that it's 2021 and Tom Brady is at the top. He shouldn't be. He's got to be MVP. I get that it shouldn't be all stats, but how about how about just the fact that he's out of his era? He should not be here. This is like Dan Marino doing this in 2004. It's like Joe Montana doing it in 1999. It's like Aaron Rodgers doing this in 2027. If 2027 Aaron Rodgers is in the MVP race, that would be the equivalent of what Tom Brady is doing this year. And I saw people saying, like, he, <laughs> I can't believe I've come full circle to be a Brady defender somehow, but there's people who are like, oh, he needed to come back and win against the Jets. Like he's being punished for a 93-yard comeback just because he's usually sitting on the bench with a beanie while the backup quarterback is out there against the Jets. That's the usual Tom Brady signing as the Jets. So he needed to come back. He did. But the fact that he needed to is, is a little bit weird. We need to come to our senses here. Rodgers has been good, not great, most of the season. He's been great for about five games here at the end. And then Tom Brady was great for five games at the beginning, really. I mean, so it's, it's about equivalent. We're just recency bias. Tom Brady, it's true that the MVP race did did lean on that 93-yard comeback against the Jets. The Buccaneers, they were down. They were losing to the Jets. 
uh, and Tom Brady got the ball at the seven yard line after the Jets went for it on fourth, which I totally support. Anybody who doesn't um, is just now talking about whether you get the fourth down or not. That's all they're talking about. They're not talking about the decision anymore because you know they went for it precisely because the other guy on the field can drive him down for a touchdown really easy, <laughs> and that was proven by Tom Brady. Ninety three yards gets the just hits Cyril Grayson for thirty three yards with fifteen seconds left. Jets fans are miserable, just like Bills fans, just like Dolphins fans. Why won't Tom Brady go away? Of course, Jets fans probably didn't care about winning. They're they're thinking about draft capital, as they usually are uh, to start the new year. Um, So my vote is Tom Brady, and we'll see what happens. Rodgers get the number one seed, so it is true that if Brady hadn't done that comeback, this would be wrapped up for Rodgers. But Brady got the comeback, keeps it alive. I don't know that Rodgers plays week 18. They're saying he's going to play, but I I feel like that's more about trying to stop the other team from preparing for Jordan Love, like you need to prepare for Jordan Love. Um, And Tom Brady's playing for seeding. We don't really know how much each team cares about the seeding, so it's a very difficult week to preview, but we will all get to watch it on Sunday. So let's get to some winners of the day. Two great games this week, Chiefs, Bengals, and Cowboys, Cardinals, and they felt like playoff previews not just the matchups because all four teams are are in the playoffs kansas city cincinnati dallas and arizona but the fact that they just had had so much intensity there was so much on the line here the cardinals really needed a rebound they're playing hard for their division dallas maybe the least of them but they definitely had still had a shot the number one seed had they won this game kansas city playing for number one seed they're now out of it or not out of it they're now uh no longer have the uh, uh, control uh, because of this loss and then the Bengals of course playing for their division title so there was a lot of intensity great games and they both came down to some some great plays some questionable officiating which is uh, no fun no fun but uh, Kyler Murray the Cardinals man what a relief for them to get this win over the Cowboys it was a wild game uh, I was honestly beginning to worry about the Cardinals, you know, that they would ruin a playoff game because they were just doing so bad and we were uh, all superimposing last year's collapse onto this year. But last year's collapse was largely about Kyler Murray's injury. And this time he looked good. He looked good. He looked uh, more like uh, a guy who was missing a few weapons rather than somebody who was hurt. Uh, he got a center back, Rodney Hudson. Uh, that's been important uh, for for them, and I think they've talked about that a lot. Dak didn't look right, but uh, Kyler and Murray and the Cardinals, they get it. They get it, and they we can put past the 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 lazy lackluster game that they turned in against the Lions when they got blown out by what was the worst team in the league or worst record team in the league. Uh, and then uh, Christmas Day, they just kind of didn't even show up for that either against the Colts. So we can put that behind us because now they beat Dallas, they had fun, and we're going to get going in the playoffs here. NFC West still up for grabs because the Rams run as well. Rams had a great day. Stafford, um, good. Did, I mean, this is classic Detroit Lions Stafford, uh, except for that they won the game. You know, Stafford uh, threw three interceptions, he just or three turnovers. He just didn't do very uh, uh, do very much. The pick six, his fourth pick six of the year. You got to be kidding me, Stafford! But 
they came back. And it was with Stafford to Beckham. So it was very high profile. There's a fourth and five that they that they converted on and then the, the game-winning touchdown as well uh, against the Ravens. So Rams and Cardinals still battling out for the NFC West. But we got to talk about the Bengals clinching the AFC North. Joe Burrow, I said they were vulnerable and this they just shoved it right down in my face, didn't they? Uh, this was a big day for them. This was a huge day for them. Uh, maybe one of the most, um, I mean, already one of the most uh, uh, exciting Bengals seasons to have happened. You know, I, I would say at least since 88, um, a 1988 Boomer Esiason, Icky Woods year. So we're having fun here. And that third and 27 conversion when Joe Burrow hit Jamar Chase, uh, that goes down to Cincinnati history. Uh, the Chiefs, I don't know what they were doing on defense. I, I mean, that's the big theme. I can, I can kind of understand it. If you blitz, you know, you get the ball out fast, you know, and we always rail on everybody for playing prevent all the time, right? Um, but the play just didn't go their way. And I think with the best quarterback against the blitz uh, in the NFL with the strength of the team being the receivers winning on the outside. Maybe you just uh, don't don't pull that one, uh, even though it might be technically sound. Uh, Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Pag- Spagnuolo. Um, Mahomes was great. Kelsey was great. Tyreek Hill had a couple of drops, but uh, you know it was a great game. Uh, either team could have won this game. There were some questionable calls. I would have been you know, not upset really on had either team won. Um, the Chiefs got the the worst end of the referees, though the Bengals dropped some interceptions. You know, they, they should have caught. So, uh, you know, it's all good. I mean, I, I can't believe I'm 17 minutes and 30 seconds in the podcast without having said Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, baby. Man, is he exciting to watch. If you're just watching, you're watching CBS and suddenly it's like, boom, Jamar Chase just breaking the hell out of the game. And on that one where Jamar Chase, he gets to the left sideline, he cuts into the middle of the field and just passes everybody who seemingly was in front of him, all the Chiefs that were in front of him, and he just passes them like a created player on Madden. Jim Nance has one of the great calls right there. He says, oh my goodness, what a gear he just found. I just love that call. What a gear he just found. And truly, truly, it was amazing. I mean, and he had a couple other long touchdowns. Jamar Chase making the case for rookie of the year gets uh gets the most rookie receiver touchdown or I'm sorry rookie receiver yards he breaks that record from Justin Jefferson who who got it last year in 2020 and then got it in 16 games that's important too no 17th game bs that we have to sort out um pretty amazing pretty amazing Jamar Chase breaking Justin Jefferson's record. Could you imagine if these guys were on the same team? Uh, yes, you can, because you can go back to 2019 LSU. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow. No wonder that team had like 60 touchdowns in the college uh, football season. It, it just two of the best receivers in the league right now were on the same team in college with a with a number one overall pick, Joe Burrow, who's looking looking like a star right now. Amazing. It was super exciting to watch. I was happy for Cincinnati, bummed for Chiefs fans. I think they deserve this number one seed, uh, but they there was some bad calls, and there was some weird stuff at the end of the game. I couldn't really tell what was happening, to be honest. It seemed like, was Joe Burrow 
trying not to get in when he was doing those QB sneaks. Um, and if he was, I got nothing against it. I mean, that's that strategy, but it was a weird end of the game at the one yard line there. So a lot of fun, though. A lot of fun. Kansas City, Cincinnati, Dallas, Arizona, rewatchable game. So when we get into the doldrums of the offseason and I, I know I picked against Arizona, I picked against Cincinnati. But I do want to at least pat myself on the back of my complete and total dismissal of Miami on the last podcast. They were on a seven-game winning streak, and the Titans were kind of uh, you know lackluster, and they had uh, 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 not done anything exciting for a while. And I was just like, no, Miami's going to be blown out, and they were blown out. They were absolutely ridiculous. Tua was terrible. The Dolphins team folded once it's not Ian Book, once it's not Mike Glennon, once it's not the Jets or the Texans or the Panthers. They just completely showed that they were a terrible team. So really, we look back at the seven-game winning streak as a quirk of scheduling, as we as we should. And the Titans, meanwhile, they're the winners. They've reclaimed the driver's seat for the AFC number one seed with Derrick Henry on the path back. This is insanity. Now, I, I mean, I don't know what Henry does. I'm not overly optimistic. You know, I, I, I think that still, you know, the Titans win when they shouldn't win. And will they do that in the playoffs? Will they continue to do it? That's a tough ask. That's a tough ask. Um, I think a lot of the teams in the AFC will be wanting to play Tennessee in the playoffs and uh, and wanting to go to Tennessee in the second round. They'll, they'll actually want the number one seed, the team that had the bye, which is likely Titans just need to beat the Texans next week to do that. Um, because we really... What are the Titans? Are they really a threat? Are they really a huge threat? Uh, you know, you could say, oh, they're going to get Tarek Henry back, but they've been running the ball just fine without Henry, just completely fine. They averaged 147 yards in eight games with Henry. They averaged 137 yards rushing in eight games without Henry. So, I mean, they, they've been just perfectly fine without Derrick Henry. They haven't missed a beat, but there's still, still one more game. The Titans got to beat the Texans next week to do it. Uh, so we will see. We will see if they remember they did lose to the Texans in week 11. This will be Davis Mills, though, instead of Tyrod. That game was crazy. That Texans Titans game. We'll, we'll preview that uh, as we go into uh, uh, into week 18. Of course, in the NFC. The number one seed has been clinched by the Green Bay Packers. It's good for them. Of course, they get the bye. I'm hearing a lot of you know Packers. The the road to uh, the road to the Super Bowl in the NFC goes through Lambeau Field, and the Packers they don't let people leave their field uh, in the playoffs. It's like yeah, they do. What are you talking about? Like wh- the Packers, they haven't been in the Super Bowl since 2010. Like it's not like they're going to the Super Bowl every year. Brady won in Lambeau last year. The 49ers won in Lambeau in the playoffs. The Giants won in Lambeau in the playoffs. I mean, (laughs) I feel like we're talking about the Packers like they're defending a championship or something. They haven't been to the Super Bowl in 11 years, 11 seasons. We, the last dance thing, you know, about the Rogers and, uh, and Adams and, and Cobb, I guess, to a lesser extent, maybe he's the, the Paxton or, or Rodman. I don't know. Um, you know, they, they're talking about the last dance. They're talking about the Jordan Pip and Chicago bulls, but they aren't the Chicago bulls. They're the Utah jazz. 
They lose in the playoffs, in the championship, the divisional round of the playoffs. That's what the Packers have done all this time. And now we get to see if they can overcome that, like the Jazz. So I think it's going to be exciting for that reason. Um, this The game itself this week, Sunday Night Football, Packers versus Vikings, the Vikings didn't have their quarterback, and therefore it wasn't a game, uh, especially with Mike Zimmer calling it like it's 1972. Um you know, for, for reasons I don't understand, but, um, yeah, it was a, when you lose your starting quarterback in the NFL, it's an unwatchable game often. Uh, and that, uh, that sucks. That's no fun. Cause football is a TV sport. Uh, winners, chargers, the chargers, they, they got that big win. Uh, Herbert goes over 35 touchdown gets 35 touchdowns, breaks the chargers passing touchdown, single season record. That surprised me. And we've got Dan Fouts, of course, in a different era. Philip Rivers, who played for so long. Drew Brees did that four years there where he wasn't very good. But in in year two, Justin Herbert has got already got the Chargers uh, touchdown record. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, and I'm preemptively upset at next week's most in team history records uh, that will just be all over the place. You know, it's just going to be because those records are, are, are easier to beat, you know, obviously. And there's just going to be so many of them and they're not going to acknowledge that it's in one more game. All right. Lose the day. Antonio Brown. He's a headline, a truly bizarre ending. He walked off the field with the Buccaneers uh, while the Buccaneers were losing to the jets. And then Brady won the game, which is kind of funny. Makes, makes Brown look a little worse because the, the Buccaneers actually won uh, and he quit on the team. I've just never seen anything like that. He was walking off the field through the end zone while the while play was going on it's just really strange really strange and you know tom brady and others have brought a counterpoint that you know antonio brown you know, he might be suffering from mental health issues or even cte but remember might be maybe like you, you don't know and we don't know um and this is just a game after all the 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 i gotta be careful talking about this is the discourse can be very toxic you know especially or i shouldn't say the word toxic about this the discourse can be very contentious um in this type of subject, especially when there's, you know, mental health issues could possibly considered, but there's also, you know, victims of, of, of crimes that he has committed. This just wasn't one of them. And I think that's important. Remember, it's just a game. It's a man walking off the job. It happens to be on TV. It happens to be a famous NFL player an all time wide receiver. It still sucks. It still sucks. Like I, if I was Mike Evans, I'd be pissed and he should be pissed. And Tom Brady is probably pissed as well. It's still not a great thing to do. And it happened. It happened. He took, he did not play, pulled off his shoulder pads. He took off his shirt, walked through the end zone, ignoring the game uh, that was ongoing. And he quit on his team. He did do that. That is a fact. Not everything should get a free pass. Of course, and there are other things that he has done that have actual victims and legal ramifications, but this just wasn't one of them. Um, so let's try not to try not to judge everybody too much because we really don't have the information. The information I do have is Bruce Arians loser of the day, Bruce Arians, because I just, you know how much I just can't stand the coaches and the lying and the, and the, just the unaccountability sometimes. And just their, their just arrogance sometimes up on the, on the podiums. It just reminds me of working for so many, you know, bad managers uh, in the past. They're, uh, Bruce Arians is one of them. You know, he's, he's a, he can get things done in football, but I would hate to work for him. He comes out there, first question is about Antonio Brown, and he's, and Arians says, he is no longer a buck. Well, actually, Arians, yes, he is. 
He is a buck. Maybe he won't be later, but right now he is a buck. So anyway, I'm going to ask my question. But Arian says, no, he's no longer a buck, and we need to focus on the players who did win the game. It's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, but he was in this game. So he's currently a buck, and he was in the game that we're talking about. So how about we ask a question about him? Like, you don't have to get on your high horse about that. You just We talk about the Jets game. He played in the Jets game, but we can't ask a question about that guy. We can't ask a question about that guy. You say he's not a buck. He is a buck. And as of Monday night, you know, it's uh, 9, 12 p.m. here. He is still a Buccaneer. Antonio Brown is still a Buccaneer, though I'm sure that is about lawyers crafting the termination uh, so as to um, uh, ensure uh, that future payments are are voided. I, I'm sure that's what that's about. But it just annoyed me, Bruce Arians. You know, he's the guy who benches running backs for fumbling once. He's the guy who cuts kickers for one bad game. But he can't. He can't. He can't take it. He can only dish it. He needed to be accountable to the player that he hired. He needed to answer questions. He selected that player. He said he wasn't giving him another chance, gave him many chances. And it happened. It happened on your sideline. You were the coach. You were going to answer questions for this. That's what he would say about someone else if it was their job. Just annoyed me. Bruce Arians is the real loser of the day. And he's still still a buck. <laughs> Hopefully not by the time people hear this. Uh, loser of the day, Mike Glennon and the Giants. Just the worst statistical passing day of the millennium. Um, literally, negative 10, <laughs> negative 10 yards is the worst of the past 20 years. Second worst of the past 30 years. Um, and it was just bad. Mike Glennon, first play fumble like one of those guys who didn't know that they were playing tackle. Uh, he's like, oh, and gets tackled. <laughs> And the Bears are who does it to him. The Bears, uh, Chicago comes in, does this to the Giants, which was kind of weird because the Bears in week three put up the worst net passing yards um, game when he, they when Justin Fields' first game, they threw for one yard. And as, as I discussed at length in the week three review, that was the worst, uh, worst football passing game in in the the passing boom era, which I consider to be the last 11 years, basically 2011 to 2021. That is the big passing boom, the statistical uh, uh, uptick. And the Bears had the worst game of anyone in those 11 years, one yard against Cleveland in week three. And now the Bears offense, Justin Fields, they need to buy Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, and that Bears defense, Khalil Mack, some some beers because 14 weeks later now the bears don't have the worst game in 11 years passing now the pitiful giants do negative 10 passing yards silver lining though is that saquon barkley did get 100 yards which is always a guaranteed victory so the giants actually did win (laughs) i'm just kidding uh Loser of the day as well. You know, I guess just blowing through a couple here. Now we're, we're at the end. Ravens, they just lost to exhaustion attrition this year. Lamar Jackson went down. It wasn't playing well ahead of time. Offensive line, defensive backs, just running backs. Ravens just felt it, and they have uh, 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 slowly, slowly collapsed, um, which is too bad because I would love to see Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. But, hey, we'll get a lot of great players in the playoffs, and that'll be fun. Jaguars as well. Trevor Lawrence just man i am really worried about trevor lawrence willing to give him another shot but he's gonna have to do the old uh baker mayfield uh you know uh alex smith type thing here we're switching 
regimes. So anyway, Muckleteal Football Show. We'll see you on Thursday. Uh, follow us at MUK underscore football on Twitter. Subscribe, share, review Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get podcasts. See you at the preview week 13 on Thursday. Bye. Thank you.